Welcome to My Property NYC. This is the podcast where we'll talk about the history and the future of the New York City real estate market. My name is Anna Zahova and I'll be your host. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Anna Zahova. I'm a licensed real estate agent with the Corcoran Group and real estate and construction attorney Mark Supkov will be with us today and we are going to talk about sustainable living. Welcome, Mark. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, Anna. Well, great to have you here. And this is an exciting subject for the real estate industry. It's changing how properties are designed and built. So let's start with the basics. What is a green building and what are the main differences between a green building and a conventional one? Well, the main difference between a green building and a conventional one is that a green building is not just a building, it's a process. It starts with how you think about sustainable design, construction, and continued sustainable operation of your building. And it includes not just the building, but the site, the interiors, the operations, and the people who live in the community that serves the building. Okay, and what's the effect of green buildings on our environment and climate change? The effect of green buildings on our environment and climate change is what we call the triple bottom line. It promotes economic prosperity, social responsibility, and environmental stewardship. And how does the building location affect the emissions that result from transportation? So if we're talking about a suburban office building complex, The majority of the emissions come from transportation, that is cars driving to and from the workplace. And would you believe that that makes up half of the total emissions? That's right. And can you tell me what are the factors that a developer should consider to select the right location for their brand new green building? Again, if we're talking about a building, particularly outside of the metropolitan area, like a suburb or even a rural area, you, the U.S. developer want to be connected to roads and public transit, access to the sun, and a social context where lots of other people in the community will access that, that building. Okay, so we can conclude that buildings that are accessible by walking, bicycling, and public transportation are much more environmentally friendly than those that are in the suburbs. And let's talk about the cost to building a green building versus a conventional one. Which one would be more expensive for a developer today? A lot of people, when they hear about green building, think this is going to cost a lot more. And perhaps developers initially are reluctant to sign on for a green design or a LEED certified design. I know we're going to talk about that more. But studies have been done that show that green buildings don't end up costing more than conventional buildings to build. And even if there is a higher cost up front, The hope and usually the reality is that much of that cost can be recouped during the operation of the building that's green. New York City is already built up. In your opinion, 
what is the likelihood that it will house more green buildings? Well, that's an interesting question, Anna. Let's start with one statistic. In the city, of the 6,000 tall buildings, would you believe that over 2,000, approximately a third, are already LEED green certified? So it's not as though we don't already have made tremendous progress in going green. Will that, will that process continue? I think it absolutely will. In, in, in particular with new construction in places like Hudson Yards uh, and the new building across from Grand Central, one Vanderbilt, I think you're saying that those are going to be green buildings. Okay, and now let's talk about the rating system called LEED. Who developed that system and what's the idea behind it? There's an entity in Washington, D.C. called the U.S. Green Building Council. And they created this LEED ratings program. And it's been around for over a decade. It's become pretty popular in new construction. And it also extends to retrofitting older buildings when you're renovating. The rating system is a multifaceted way of telling the public how sustainable the building is and is projected to be. And so it focuses on lots of different concepts, such as sustainability of the site, water and energy efficiency, what materials are used to construct, what the indoor air quality is is like for the users in the building. All of that will affect the level of the rating for a green building. A developer gets more points the more innovation she incorporates into the building. And what's an example of innovation? Sure. So if you're in an area of the country uh, with a particular environmental concern and you address that as a developer, you're likely to get more points. An example might be in California where they've had periods of prolonged lack of rain, adequate rain. If in your design you can recapture some of the uh, stormwater uh, and even other, other water that's used in the building and reuse it, then you'd get more points. Okay, and there are four types of certifications for commercial buildings. Can you tell me more about those? Yes, I can... I can explain that the certification process will result for a commercial building in either certified, silver, gold, or platinum. These are those plaques that you see, Anna, when you walk into some of these modern skyscrapers here in the city and all over, and it'll say LEED, silver, gold, platinum. So you know at that point uh, that you're going into a green building The more points you rack up, starting at 40 for certified and going up to 80 plus, the higher your your certification is toward platinum. Okay. And one of the related projects, the Zaha Hadid building in Chelsea, is LEED certified. Is there anything that the city or the state of New York does to encourage LEED certified buildings? Yes. Actually, the federal government and the state all have legislation that uh, encourages LEED 
certification and energy efficient buildings through a combination of tax abatement and tax credits. At the city level, the focus in the past has been more to promote green roofs through a, uh, a tax abatement per square foot of, of green roof. The issue there is that the, the, that statute has, has expired, and so will the, the current administration and Mayor de Blasio uh, re, reauthorize uh, and the city council legislation that Mayor Bloomberg had, uh, had focused on with, with green buildings and green roofs. Okay, and I wanted to address the reduction of water usage for green buildings. For example, the Chrysler building received a LEED Gold certification in 2012. That upgrade cut the water consumption by 64%. What strategies does a green building use in order to reduce indoor water use? Isn't that amazing? 64% of water use has been reduced since 2012, six years ago at the Chrysler Building. How do you do that? How did they do that? Well, you start with the basics. You retrofit your plumbing fixtures so that they use low water use, low flow toilets, low flow fixtures, and you capture whatever rainwater you can any indoor wastewater that you can, you and you clean it and then recirculate it for use within within your building. So with these targeted strategies, you have so many fixtures for plumbing in a building of that size, you can, as you see, make a huge difference. Okay, and now let's talk about renewable energy and green roofs. Why are there so few buildings in Manhattan that have green roofs? I first came in contact with a green roof at my son's uh, uh, high school here in Manhattan. The top of that building included a green roof when it, when it came online uh, about uh, 10 to 15 years ago. And so I think you're seeing them as being increasingly popular in schools and in other uh, civic-oriented Buildings where there's a real emphasis on creating uh, environmental consciousness uh, and social awareness of the benefits of of green building. Um, I also think that as a construction lawyer, it is involved to retrofit an existing roof to make it into a green roof and ha- making sure that it's done properly so there won't be any water leaks. Or, or other problems that didn't previously exist before the green roof was built. And, you know, then finally, um, it's important for the government to support green roofs and to offer uh, whatever financial incentives they can. So I don't think the verdict is out completely yet on green roofs and how effective and efficient they really are, but if it does prove to be uh, a big energy saver, and I think they're, they're here to stay. Okay, and we spoke about water and also renewable energy. Let's now talk about quality of air. How does a green building improve the indoor quality of air? 
green buildings, as I mentioned earlier, is really a process of designing, constructing, and operating a building to be healthier, sustainable. So from the beginning of the process, including when the architect is specking out what types of paints to use, um, you're going to be taking into consideration indoor air quality, so important to all the users of the building. During the maintenance phase of the building, green buildings will carefully consider what kind of clean, cleaning materials to use so that they're uh, not to- don't contain toxic chemicals that people can breathe in. And so all these types of things go into you know, designing uh, a building with, with air circulation that is healthy. Also, uh, monitor- monitoring for carbon dioxide and outdoor airflow into the building. And then, of course, uh, banning smoking wherever possible since that contributes to uh, bad health. Okay, now let's move on to the next question. If a developer receives the LEED certification, do they have to constantly monitor the performance of the building? This goes again to the, the concept of a green building being a process. So the short answer is yes, you can't build a green building without also focusing on how to maintain the building and checking to make sure that the building is meeting all of the benchmarks that that have been established for the various systems. But does it require, as you said, constant monitoring? I wouldn't say that. I think it's very doable, and it just requires a commitment to the process from the start. Okay, that's good to know. Now let's talk about the passive house. What is a passive house, and can you give me an example of a property that's seeking such certification? Sure. I happen to be involved in a, a project right now that in Brooklyn, where the owner-developer is interested in building a passive house. A passive house takes the sustainable living process to an even higher level than LEED certification which, by the way, is also available for houses, although we've been talking about it mainly for commercial buildings. In a passive house, instead of just trying to uh, reduce our reliance on fossil fuels and reduce uh, emissions, the goal and the, the purpose is for the house to be net neutral in its use of energy. So whatever uh, water or heat the building needs, it makes enough to compensate for what it needs. Okay, and can you clarify for us what are the requirements to label a home a passive house? That's a good question. This is a movement that started in Germany and has only more recently taken hold here in North America and in the United States. So in order to be a passive house, I do believe that the developer has to show that it is completely 100% net neutral in its use of energy, so it creates as much as it, as it uses. That having been said, 
I know that there are developers that may strive to build a passive house and then find out, let's say, in New York City, where it's hard to meet all of the requirements for insulation and to be completely net neutral for energy use, that they'll, they'll, they'll not be strictly a passive house, but they'll be a highly energy efficient house. And that's good, too, don't you think? Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us. My pleasure, Anna. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Property NYC. Please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to our channel. 